Hi, John. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I have a nice uh, cup of coffee that you provided this uh, month. Yes, we have Luwak coffee, which came from my father-in-law's trip to Bali. And it's the coffee that's um, pooped out by tree shrews. Mmm, tree shrews. Mmm, poopy. Welcome to Coffee and Cults. Yay, let's introduce the podcast before we carry on talking crap. Episode four, Sam. How did that happen? Episode four. Thank you all so much for uh, downloading and listening and subscribing and all that sort of thing. Please give us some reviews because we're desperate for some validation. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to lie, but I thought I'd be honest. Oh, why not? Okay. Sorry, John. No, it's fine. Good. Please like us. (laughs) (laughs) So you've done the research this week, John. I Who are you going to tell me about today? Um, so I'm going to do my legal disclaimer, because the group that I'm going to speak about are subject to a current lawsuit and legal case Excellent. in the United States of America. So I'm going to be using the word allegedly a lot okay. here, Sam, and I was slightly nervous about using the word cult, but there are so many articles in respective publications like Rolling Stone calling them a cult that I feel that it's okay. We can um, We can probably get away. And I'll do my best to give their side of things as we go through. Uh, Sorry for the teaspoon noises. That's fine. Uh, so some listeners might guess that with that bit of information, the group I'm going to talk about is Nexium, oh. which is uh, which is actually spelled N-X-I-V-M in kind of aggressive Roman numerals uh, style. This is a group founded by Keith Ranieri. Cool. And people that might have heard about this in the news will know the crazy place it's going to end up. But I thought we'd start at its crazy origins and build up to that. So because I knew you were doing this, we we said about it, like when it very first broke that this cult was happening in Hollywood, we went, oh, we've got to do an episode on that. So I've been ignoring all news. Every time I see anything all about news. it, all news. You have news. no idea what's yeah. going on in the world. Brexit. I wish I didn't have any idea North about Korea, that. North Korea, you don't know about any of that. None of it. I know don't, I've been... Don't look <laughs> I've been ignoring all news about this group so that I could be surprised and experience it with our listeners. Awesome. Uh, Nexium was founded in 1998 by Keith Ranieri uh, and Nancy Salzman, and it is a multi-level marketing organisation that hosted personal and professional, Sam, development seminars. Okay, so like Sensi and all those things that you see people posting about on Facebook. Yeah. Absolutely. Really targeted at like um, executive get ahead types to help them get ahead type Mm. thing. So this is from their mission statement on their website. A company whose mission is to raise human awareness, foster an ethical humanitarian civilization and and not only those two things and celebrate what it means to be human. It started out with this real sort of business leadership drive, but also at the heart of it is this idea that it's actually about creating a a better world through through transforming human beings because they believe that, you know, from society, government, family, religion, all human systems are made of people and therefore big, large change in the world is rooted in individuals doing things. So it's quite a sort of libertarian, you know, sort of mm. slightly conservative-y. Individuals will make change rather than, you know, big groups of people yeah. or, or whatever. And that they want to... Um, create a noble civilization by looking inward. And they do that by having... So there's Nexium, the main organization, and then there are lots of other sort of companies that they then run. So like, what, like you franchise a bit of Nexium off to go... Sort of. So there's like different... Not like departments, because they're supposed to be sort of independent companies. Right. And each company has a different 
mission to do with that kind of to do with Nexium's okay. work. So there's an arts, entertainment, and human expression company, and I will point out if, like I did, you then go looking for more information about them. Currently, none of them have active websites, and some of them don't have websites at all anymore. So there's <sighs> an arts, entertainment, and human expression drive, child development and education, okay. gender studies, humanitarianism and nonviolence, right. ethics, and science and technology. So they're really covering... I hate when cults sound like they've got good ideas, because all those things, I'm like, cool, yeah, let's research all those things. Yeah, no, and they're no. all, you know, they extensively have these charities, companies, who who seek to do good work on those areas. The gender one, which will be interesting to talk about the more we go on in this episode, is called JNS. It promotes the furtherance and empowerment of women, in this group founded by a man. white man, through experiential education. It's an invitation-only group. Oh, no. And uh, it really helps you understand... <laughs> I just put some things together in my head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it really no. helps you understand male and female roles. And one mm. of the things that it teaches is that men, Sam, are not predisposed to monogamy. Women are. Men are not. Of course. But it's a woman-only company run by women to think about Further the empowerment issues. of women. Yep. But, uh, I feel like that noise is going to be happening a lot yeah. through this episode. Listeners at home, count along. If you can tell us the exact <laughs> number of times Sam makes that sound, you'll win a small prize. Really? And there's a male version. You've made that promise, John, not me. <laughs> there's a male version, which is the Society of Protectors. Oh, thanks. I hope this is helping you understand male and female roles. Sam. Yes, thank you. So it's a men's movement that wants to be the voice of character and honour in the world to help men become more powerful and influential in society, which, I mean, thank God, about time. Yeah, they really needed help, didn't they? So you, so the, the ladies are monogamous, sad people, and the men are powerful and the protectors of the monogamous, sad people. I mean, they don't put it quite like that, but that seems but that's to be the paraphrase the that I'm taking from And so those things are decided to help. Mm. So that's an example of the kind of groups that <laughs> Nexium runs. So, Keith Ranieri, who is the founder, um, he was the son of, this is a brilliant combination, an ad executive mm-hmm. and a ballroom dance instructor. Cool! I mean, that's a that's a rom-com setup yep. that I want to see. <laughs> you could imagine yeah. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts doing that. If you're listening to Hollywood, we are available to write that screenplay. And perform in it. Thanks. <laughs> You've got to try and get your opportunities where you yeah, can. Yeah, absolutely. So he founds this with uh, with Nancy Salzman, who is, I think she's been like a, a business training person and also has some kind of therapy background. I think I've probably written that further down the line. And they set up these executive success programs, which are designed to help people get ahead in business. Like the group that we do not name. Like fear of the, um, lawsuits. Oh God, what do we call them? The kittens. The kittens. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Allegedly, their clients include included Richard Branson and Alison Mack. Richard Branson has denied that and said that they only hosted meetings at his private island. He actually didn't oh. attend any of them. They used to claim he was a a participant. A big part of the executive success program is this idea that Keith Ranieri had come up with called rational inquiry. 
which is <laughs> a conversationalist technology. And I think really I don't need to say any more about that. Do I? I'm, I'm a, a bit hungover today. And some of these words just, I'm, it's taking me a few more seconds for me to put them together. Rash, what was it? Rational? Rational inquiry, registered trademark. Oh. Which is a conversational technology. This use of technology, like the kittens group. Yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah, tech. Its teachings are a trade secret, but it has a sort of a model of, I guess in a way, it sounds a little bit like a sort of, interestingly, a bit like the kittens, like a model of talking therapy. So like psychiatric talking therapy, you know, Freudian talking therapy, but practiced by people who don't believe that is a useful model, so have their own version of it. It sort of feels like that. And they've been, before, the other thing they're in the news for, They'd been in the news because they'd been using it to treat people with Tourette's syndrome. Okay. And were claiming quite a lot of success through this. Right. Tech. So that's sort of the basis of how they uh, they start out. And this ESP sort of business course was kind of intense. You were there for long hours. I think it was five days of lectures. And each of those days were 13 hours Ooh. long. And um, yeah, it's really sort of focused on I know I making you a best it, person. It's like a like a diet version of the kittens group. If you listen to um, the Ono Ross and Carrie series about it, it sounds very similar. Yeah, that comes in. Of, in yeah, intensive. Not got that much um, <laughs> intensive run. Yeah, so actually, we'll we'll come back to that when we talk about why this group might be on a cults based podcast. But that's how they sort of started out. And then from those beginnings with ESP, then they started founding these other groups that we've talked about, including JNS, including the Society of Protectors. Um, oh, there's a school sort of education program called the uh, Rainbow Cultural Garden. My favourite kind of garden. That sounds like a fun little gay school. We're <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Trademark. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is that. Oh, how great would it be? Yeah, it would be good. So there, there, there is one in the UK supposedly operating a rainbow um, cultural garden or an, a, a rainbow cultural Nexium. garden and uh yes but it's not under the remits of Ofsted but Ofsted had expressed concern about it i think i read okay. um oh, and the, like, like the free school yeah sort now. of yeah and the idea, one of the ideas in that is that you don't necessarily have qualified teachers you might have just have people that are specialists or that people that you know are education related right. and that the children are spoken to in many different languages so each teacher oh. speaks in a different language to the children so they have about six seven eight twelve different languages being spoken at them every day that's amazing although notably keith ranieri who believes this is a brilliant way to raise children only speaks english as far as anyone can ascertain mm. but yeah so he, he this is his big insight into child education really how successful that is and how much it works is up for uh, debate. There was an article in the Sun newspaper, credible news source, that a, a parent of one of the trainers who was working unqualified in the school said that there was a weird, because basically the children are taken away from parents, given lots of other adults who speak lots of different languages, that oh. she was really worried that it affects like how you bond with your children and that sort of parental parental link. So there are lots of different expressions, and these are, like with that, these are all basically the ideas of Keith. These are all Keith's okay. um, brilliant ideas. So you might be wondering, 
Who who is this son of a ballroom dance instructor and an ad executive? Just about to ask you, who is this son of a ballroom dancer? So, ad executive. <laughs> I'm so glad that works out so well. According to their literature, he's one of the greatest thinkers of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he's is great. Well, yeah. Mm. Um, he's a scientist and humanist. He holds 147 international patents. Okay. But also, as far as I'm aware, anyone can register a patent. Yeah, for just any small item that you invent. Or something you've thought of inventing but haven't actually Done made. Done yet. Because that's often okay. the thing with when John gets angry online with chemtrail believers. Um, they go, oh, well, there's a patent for a technology that does this. And that doesn't yeah. mean it exists or that it works or that it... Anyway. So he has degrees from the... Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute okay. in mathematics, biology and physics, with minors in philosophy and psychology, and expertise in, commu- um, in commuter science, which is the, <laughs> way out of the science of people getting on buses. The and, science of the tube. Computer science? And that as well, yes. Okay. Um, I don't really know. I don't really understand how American colleges work like that. In that you have a you major in something and you minor in something else. Yes, and then you have to do like maths and English components in each. Oh, really? Term. I think I was talking to someone recently whose son has just got into a full scholarship in Yale. Which Amazing! Is Congratulations to that friend. Yeah, so I think it works a little bit like Good. like that. As most of our listeners are American, hi. We should maybe explain that when you go to university Please. in England, you just pick one thing and yeah, do one subject. Yeah, um, feel free to correct us. We'd we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so he's also I'm just going to keep going. A scientist, mathematician, philosopher, entrepreneur, educator, an so inventor, an author, humanitarian. I mean, I saw a cartoon the other day which was like anyone's a philosopher if you think, which was just a cartoon of someone going, oh, I think Socrates is shit. And then they look down and they've now got a philosopher's sash on because they've had an opinion about philosophy. I think it's that kind of vibe. No, it wasn't. Very rarely did Snoopy swear about Greek philosophers. Of course. So he claims he was able to speak in full sentences at the age of one, to be able to read comprehensively by the age of two. He was the East Coast judo champion, aged 11. He could play piano to a concert pianist standard at the age of 12. Okay. See, some of these things aren't unreasonable because my mum likes to talk about when I was two, I'd because she'd read books to me so many times, I'd memorised them. So I knew what words happened when the pages turned and that sort of thing, which made people think that I could read when I was two. Interesting. But I could not. So yeah. you, and you, you see children piano project... Pro, pro, yeah. It, geez, sorry, yeah, mm. it's not impossible. I mean, it's interesting about if some of those things, and it's hard to, from what I understand, some of those are a little bit hard to get the exact truth on. Mm. Um, What we do know is that in 1989, he had the Guinness Book of World Records highest IQ. In real facts? In real real fact fact checks. Or one of the highest. So he dropped out of high school, age 16, and only graduated from that at 18. But at 16, that's when he went to this you know, sort of university that specialised in bright young people oh, okay. and seems to have died, which didn't require a high school certificate. But he got one through the college. So yes, or he got one retroactively having... Done the college stuff. I don't know. It's a bit... It, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've written here, 
there seem to be inconsistencies in the record of his education. Oh, that's a surprise. And then in the 90s, he the first sort of thing that he set up uh, was a company called Consumer Byline. Right. Which was you join up and pay a certain amount and then effectively you buy things in bulk with the other members so that you get a discount. Mm-hmm. And they administer looking for the best deals for everyone that's in the buyer's group. Multi-level media marketing, whatever it's called, MLM things. Yes. To sell or just because... Like, to ha- oh, just to have yourself, I think. some air freshener, let's buy it in bulk together. Yeah, I think so. Basically, that's how it, how it worked. But you got incentives to recruit other people to the uh-huh. consumer byline place. The um, I think it was the whichever government agency investigated it found uh, that it was... A pyramid scheme, basically, <gasps> and and shut it down. Whoa. But there's a great you can see it on YouTube. There's a great advert for it, which is some American actor who'd been in whatever TV program. He was like in his seventies, I guess. Going now, lot over history, lots of people have had really brilliant ideas. And one of the men that's had a brilliant idea is Keith, and then there's Keith with his glasses and his little sort of almost curtains haircut um going oh yeah that's me i've had a brilliant idea i'm with my consumer byline thing i am the new socrates yeah it's really it's it's brilliantly awkward it's worth them worth having a look at so that was sort of his background before he then later founded nexium okay which like anything else is you know it's you you buy onto it you pay for those Mm -hmm. courses and you pay for those groups up to ridiculous numbers of dollars and within that he and nancy the co-founder are the you know are the main most respected people they call keith the vanguard that's his title in the thing and nancy is the prefect and it makes a lot of money bronfman uh who's a a rich american man whose two daughters are in the group and very sort of firm uh, supporters he believes it to be a cult he's one of the people that sort of called it out for that he's been in lots of sort of legal disputes with the group but he alleges that like his daughters alone have lent them two million dollars to run things some of the court i've written here that whichever course it was was something like twenty five thousand dollars a day so there's big money involved keith supposedly takes no money from the organization oh that's so nice of him he has no driver's license so he's just a Annoying for his mates. (laughs) No bank account. And he stays with friends, but he does own a small home somewhere. So he's not necessarily taking lots of money out of it. Right. But I would imagine he lives a quite nice lifestyle out of... Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's not going going without. Out of this, yeah, this sort of business-minded philosophy. He doesn't have a driver's license, but he can afford taxis everywhere. Well, and we know he was recently in Mexico, so he must. someone must have arranged for him to get there. I'm sure he didn't walk. So yeah, I don't know quite how that works. So yeah, so they set up Nexium, and for all of this money that goes into it, you learn effectively, do you know Anne Rand? I'm going to get her name yeah. wrong now. So very... Yeah. Yeah, her. I know who you mean. Atlas Shrugged, all of those novels right. that are about sort of a real individualistic, put yourself first, don't help anybody else. They'll be sorted out by the fact that you put your interests mm-hmm. first. So that's really a big core bit of this philosophy, which is that you make your your self-interest, Sam, your vision is paramount to everything. Pursuing that is what you should do while avoiding the parasites 
around you. This is where we start to get into things that already sound a little bit cult-like. Long days where you might be sleep-deprived. You have to sign a non-disclosure, so you're not allowed to tell other people about what you're learning in these seminars. Right. Other people are viewed as outsiders are viewed as parasites or hostile. It's starting to get a bit weird. Oh, here we go. $10,000 for five days of these 13-hour lectures. Oh, my goodness. And it's all sort of rigidly... So when someone with a higher rank than you, and they wear these like colored sashes or belts if uh, if you've gone through certain like levels brownies. a little bit <laughs> not as cute no, and Girl less Scouts for our American and person. less cookies <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> uh, so when they walk in, you have to stand up and bow to them, um same when Keith the vanguard or nancy the the prefect come in right. and they have, yeah, they have lots of sort of rules and and sayings. Uh, one of them here that I've got is there are no ultimate victims. Therefore, I will not choose to be a victim. That's one of their mission statement things that you have to sort of swear to, which I'm not sure how true that is. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to do by empowering these people is make sure that the world's resources and wealth are held by successful, ethical people. And that's the best way to to make the world better is, you know, sort of really the opposite of the, you know, socialist communist idea of the best thing to do is to share that wealth between everybody according to their need. No, this one is, well, it's fine if it's unequally distributed. It's just, we'll just make sure that the people that are in control are the most ethical people who get to that position by, I'll just remind you, making their own self-interest paramount and avoiding parasites. Super ethical. That sounds like a load of shit, John. I can't go on with it. I can't. Allegedly, yeah. Sam thinks it sounds like... No, no, it's your no, opinion. I no, guess that's no. editorial, isn't it? Allegedly, that's what they do. Yeah. Really, I think it sounds like a load of <laughs> <laughs> um, So he meets this uh, Nancy. Oh, there we go. She was uh, into hypnosis and uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, that creeps me out so much. And she becomes his spiritual follower, and and they sort of get together. Around this time... He's He has a girlfriend, or is it his wife at that point? And they have a big falling out around the time that he and Nancy start working together and then and then pursuing their new objectives. And from the records, I'm sure I'll come back to this at some point, he's had a big financial fallout with, uh, with the girlfriend. And, you know, he sends police to her mother's house in part of that dispute. Right. And, ale- you know, allegedly threats and harassment were made and again that's something that there are sort of records allegedly for in 2003 a judge ruled that he had harassed his ex disrupted her business manipulated her into giving up her 10 year old son to the boy's father she alleges that he told her she was put on earth to have his baby uh, a baby that would change the world Oh, don't they bloody all? And surprisingly, that relationship didn't work out. Keith, I should point out, says that those claims are ridiculous and not rational and not true. He denies those allegations. But it seems to be from the records that certainly he did things like send the police to her mother's house when they had a financial problem. found him guilty of harassing this person. And again, this idea of parasites and outsiders, there are suppressives, people who are... Red flag for the kittens group. Yeah, who see good but want to destroy it. And that's why, you know, outsiders of the group that might be critical are only doing that because they see that it's doing good things in the world mm-hmm. and want to destroy it, which, again, is quite a cult. Yes. Allegedly quite a cultic uh, 
uh, thing. And you're encouraged to take these courses over and over again and keep signing I'm up sure. and repeating them and, you know. Yes, and, and they sort of justify spending all of that money by going, uh, spending dollars is a portion of effort, and therefore you'll get rewarded for the amount of effort that you put into something, which you can do by spending uh, spending money. Great. So that's where it sort of starts with this business course. In 2003, forensic psychiatrist, I want that job, John Hockman, evaluated ESP, this business training program, to uh, to sort of rate it as a cultic organization in his opinion okay. he pointed to the long hours mm-hmm. of training and and contact time the limitation in ability to get feedback from friends and family so you can't tell people what you're learning on the course so they can't go that sounds good or that sounds strange or you're not allowed you sign a non-disclosure you're not allowed to talk to your no. wife well, about the course you're doing comes back from that day changed a bit you can't explain why you're different yeah secrecy Yep. Non-disclosures, all their things are, you know, it's very hard to find out what that course is. Preemptive rationalization of criticism or neutralization of criticism, uh, which we so just talked about. Oh, they're not going to like what you're, what you're going to tell Because people should, will attack good. Paramilitary rituals and regalia, sashes, status, bowing to the higher yeah. people. Required daily contact with superiors. And there apparently there you know there are ritual handshakes and things as well as part of this deference to. I love a secret handshake. We all love a secret handshake, Sam. <laughs> Pretensions to science, so yeah. making scientific claims that may or may not be you know claiming that it's a scientific thing rather than a. Actually, making a scientific yeah. point. Unsubstantiated, extravagant claims. You will become brilliant and empowered and change the world and whatever. And your children will be what life changes if they go to our special rainbow school. Yeah. Self-serving morality. Best way to make the world a best place is by pursuing your own self-interest and casting off the parasites. Mm-hmm. Messianic pretensions. That's four for four. Someone yeah. The Messiah. And yeah, success being about becoming more sort of successful within the group rather than in any external right. way. So success is only measured through your participation in the group which is quite interesting i haven't heard that one before as a as a point of cult yeah that's quite interesting for some that yeah think about kittens for instance again and Uh, that's the same there isn't it yeah and so this is so that was all a forensic psychologist found all those points yeah and this is a quote from him 2003 yes and this was in a uh, you can see his report separately, but it was also in a Forbes article in 2003 by Michael Friedman. Um, and so this is a quote from him, from Hockman. It is a kingdom of sorts, ruled by a vanguard, who writes his own dictionary of the English language, <coughs> kittens, <coughs> has his own moral code and ability to generate taxes from his subjects by having them participate in his seminars. It is a kingdom with no physical borders, but with psychological borders, influencing how subjects spend their time, socialise, and think and around the time that that comes out rick ross who's a cult expert also sort of looks at it and goes yeah i agree that there are grounds to to label this a a cult um and there are lots of as well as the bowing and wearing a scarf for your appropriate level you start every session by like a a unified clap there's a weird sort of clapping ritual like working at the apple store yes maybe (laughs) Maybe we'll do them in a later episode when we have more legal support. Or any they huddle and chant. There's lots of quite ritualistic. Like working at the Apple Store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of ESP in the early stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Tony Natalie, who is a, a woman that was in Nexium, and. Oh, 
when you hear a woman with two first names, yeah. <laughs> whereas normally you get like, like for instance, our friend Matt Dean has yep. two first names. I don't know if you want to keep his name in there or not. <laughs> oh no, we're we're keeping that in. Good, good banter, Sam. We'll edit me saying that out because it makes me sound like a bell end. <laughs> Tony Natalie. Okay, so she had been involved in the group, um, had been involved with Ranieri. She alleges that Nexium had an Israeli investigator monitor her home, business and private life after she'd sort of spoken out about them. There's a few weird things that she talks about in terms of what, why she left and wasn't very comfortable with what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was involved with Keith, at one point her um, her puppy died um, and he made her keep the dead puppy in her freezer uh, to help her better deal with death. No, that's not... No, that's not how we deal with death. That's not... No, oh, I'm really sorry, Grandma passed away. Let's <laughs> keep her in the freezer. No! Hi, Sam, I just think this would help you if uh, you put her in the freezer. <laughs> Granny on ice. <laughs> Is that the name of your rap album? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. So, sorry to interrupt you, but what? So, it, has it got? What's the international reach at this point, or is it just based in this? Or can you not find that? It's pretty big. Right. So, I'm supposedly, sorry. no. Since the late nineteen nineties, an estimated sixteen thousand people have enrolled on courses. Oh. It's mostly based in America. That's where lots of the companies operate, including the one for actors, which we'll talk about in a bit. The one, you know, the most of the education stuff, Janus, that all tends mm-hmm. to be in the States. It's also really popular in Mexico. And one of his Mexican projects, because obviously there's a lot of gang violence, right. crime violence in Mexico, as well as, you know, from the government and rebel groups and whatever he there's a documentary about his work to try and spread a message of non-violence in mexico that's one of his big projects and one of the things that he's sort of well known for so it's quite popular in mexico to the point where quite high up business and politicians in mexico have been nexium course members and have been supporters of him i think i'm allegedly (laughs) Just add that word in there every kind of... Allegedly, I think I remember that, like, the Fox family, who... um, So, I'm going to get his name wrong now. Prime Minister or President Fox of Mexico. Mm -hmm. His family have been quite involved and quite supportive because he's come in with this, you know, uh, peace message. It's a little bit hard to work out what the actual sort of practical applications of his message of non-violence to people living in high-violent crime... message to have, but... Yeah, it doesn't solve the root of those issues, um, does it? But the it's documentary... Yeah, so there was a, a documentary made about that by Mark uh, Vicente, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, who made a famous sort of vaguely new age film called What the Bleep Do We Know? Which is about right. how it's sort of, amongst other things, about positive thinking and how that affects the way that your body works and how that affects quantum physics. And there's some good stuff in there and some interesting stuff. And some bunkum. Yeah. It's famous for the fact that one of the main interviewees is a woman who channels a 5,000-year-old resident from Atlantis um, oh, called Ramtha. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Ramtha. And, but she's interviewed in this documentary without that being made apparent that she's channeling. Uh, it's really interesting. And the guy who made it had been a follower of, of Ramtha. So he'd been involved in... Nexium. He'd done one of the sixteen-day programs 
had made this documentary about Keith's brilliant work in Mexico. Mm-hmm. He has since left um, after allegations that we'll talk about in a minute came out. He left at that point. But one of the women who uh, sort of famously has, has blown the whistle on, on this got involved because of him. Okay. But there's there's quite a lot of that now of people that have worked and previously sort of championed him then going, whoa, no, I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. So some other interesting... This is a, now a collection of just weird things. Nexium therapy. So again, this sort of whatever this talk conversation tech is, Tony Natalie says that one of the things that came up in that therapy was often that people came to believe that they were reincarnated Nazis or responsible for 9-11, and therefore that was why they should work to become better people now. Tony Natalie was told that she was um, probably Heinrich Himmler in a past life. Oh, yeah, probably. What? So all these people think that they're responsible for 9-11 or they're Nazis, so they... So that's the there was a th- the ideas they're given. Well, she was in a therapy session where people came to believe that. Right. And I'd be interested to know, it's so hard to find any real detail, mm. at what point during your business seminar it starts to move towards reincarnation yeah. and things like that, what that But then I suppose if it's going with that, um, not the kind of self selfish sort of bent of saying you know it's all about your own will and that sort of thing yeah i guess that's when they get into yeah but what is your will is it you're a nazi i don't know yeah kind of, yeah switching it from business to the yeah or what yeah how you become a more ethical person and why you need to you it's like anything isn't it it's like any of these groups where it's like what's wrong with you well i don't really think there's an you know i've always sort you know i look after my family and i do my job, you know, I don't do anything really humanitarian, but I think I'm a good person. Oh, well, actually, you were a Nazi in the past life, so yeah. so you do need our help, actually. Oh, like Octavia and her chewing toast too loudly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. These things are going to upset Jesus yeah. if people don't have massive faults to... To confess. Yeah, which I guess is something... Is that about, like, modern groups? The more we get into a period of time where, particularly in where we live, I suppose, increasingly society is safer and mm. it's in a sense it's sort of it's easier to live in a in a sort of more moral less extreme way because particularly here you're buffeted by you know a certain level of wealth and yeah. whatever so you go oh well you've got to still find faults with people so you start to really reach for how they eat toast or yeah. who they were in a past life maybe mm. whereas if you were recruiting people i don't know three thousand years ago maybe there was a bit more yeah the yeah. More chance that I don't know that might be wrong. That also doesn't take into account society. <laughs> that also doesn't take into account societies. You know, who three thousand years ago were living largely peaceful, harmonious existences until until missionaries showed up and <laughs> took over. Yeah, um, yeah, but that, yeah, so that's quite interesting. Um, so in there are so many articles about this, all of which use the word cult, which is my justification for why I can say they are allegedly a cult. <laughs> Allegedly. He's, he's got enough problems. He's not going to worry about our uh, podcast. Spoiler alert. Um, so in a Vanity Fair article, um, The Heiress and the Cult in 2010 by Susanna Andress, uh, one of the things that she talks about is that there was a three-year-old living in their, in their sort of main compound, where particularly lots of women live with Keith, that supposedly was given to the group uh. as a week's old infant to Barbara Jeske, who's one of the followers, by by the boy's grandfather 
and that he was being raised as Keith's heir. But whose baby was it? So the boy's, the three-year-old's grandfather gifted the baby to someone. Where yeah. did it come from? Well, presumably the parents had died or something, or they had some kind of connection um... to the group. Allegedly, that's what happened. And so allegedly this child was fed a raw diet, which is, again, one of the big sort of Keith's things mm. that he's really keen on. That's um, not what we're involved for. Sorry. <laughs> kept away from other children mm-hmm. because he's the special heir. And like like the school's model, has five nannies who speak to him in different... Right. Has five nannies who speak to him in different languages. Right. And then there's no more... Again, I tried to look for more information about that. No. That's just one well, allegation at one point. Child, that, yeah. That um, so he teaches members, much like Octavia, to overcome their weaknesses that they have you're going to like this sam i'm sure he says that women God. <laughs> share particular weaknesses top three ladies and gentlemen the top three <laughs> weaknesses of women according to keith ranieri are coming in at number three they are over emotional yep yep that's just a problem for women no men are ever over emotional yep that's correct Tick. Sounding quite emotional there, Sam. <laughs> oh, no. Um, coming in at number two, mm-hmm. uh, you have a failure to keep promises. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of us, all women famously fail to keep promises. Can you tell by my sarcasm that this is just really annoying? And coming in at number one, the top weakness that women share, embracing the role of a victim. My mum listens to this, but I was going to swear very loudly. What on earth? Who? Who did? Mm-hmm. Calm down, son. Who does he? What did he think he's going to achieve by this? Your guess is as good as mine. What he seems to have achieved in practice, sadly, is lots of female, dedicated female followers. Uh... It might just be because of the allegations we're going to talk about in a minute, but so much of the coverage and so many of the senior figures in the organisation are women. I would. Im- I have no evidence for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It seems, I would imagine that the membership is slightly weighted to women because of the focus of the cult in the way it's recruited in the last decade or so. Right. Oh, embracing the role of victim. So does that mean conversely men embrace the role of victimizer? Of aggressor, so he's there's no no balance on what what that means about men. It's just what that means about women. I guess so. I mean, we don't. My thoughts, probably. Yeah, but I'm angry. I mean, we don't know much about what he what's you know what's taught in the men's group, except that you know they're not predisposed to monogamy and they're protectors. Yeah. So lucky you guys. I'm just going to be a victim over here. Then we get to the most recent and most spectacular allegations also around those allegations the thing about his control over your life Mm. is this idea that particularly for women if they because they need to learn to deal with those weaknesses we've just discussed part of that is by you know following the orders that they give and either by men or by other women in fairness (laughs) fairness i'm not going to be fair to nexium um and and there's you know there's you know there are punishments if you have failed in your things so you might one of the allegations was that sometimes Keith would instruct women to go on particular diets and it would be like a you have to eat 500 calories a day and no more 
for however many weeks. That's not fun. Um, which other people allege is because he only likes really skinny women. Right. Or, yeah, or you would have other sort of punishments that would, or sort oh, of so trials. would be a punishment and not a challenge that you could fail. So, a mix yeah. of the two, I guess. Okay. I suppose it's, a, it's partly a, a sort of a punishment, but also it's like, this is helping you, this is training you mm. to behave in the way that you should behave, not the way you're naturally disposed to. So within this... I hope someone sneaks all these poor thin ladies' cakes. <laughs> Hopefully they... walking around yeah. in their lovely, sunny, wherever they live and just eating cake. I mean, 500 calories is like... It's so little, really, isn't it? Yeah, like half a sandwich. If you have a big sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Sam just subtly promoting her other business, Sam's Big Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> sandwiches. Oh. You heard it here, folks. First, that's not a sentence. You heard it. Here. Oh, I can't say that sentence. So that joke goes in the joke bin. So within this, uh, we're going to get to the story of Sarah Edmondson. Um, so she joined because she was recommended it by the filmmaker, mm-hmm. by Mark um, of What the Bleep. And so she joined, did some of the Nexium courses. And then she was asked if she would like to join a new secret group Ooh. sort of within Nexium, which was described to her as a badass bitch boot camp. Sounds fun. I'm going to say that again because I quite enjoyed the plosives at the start. Badass bitch boot camp. Oh, sounds fun. Called DOS. That's the acronym for it. And the the, the full title... It stands for something else, I think. Probably in Latin. The meaning of which is... Lord or Master of the Obedient Female Companions, or sometimes it's referred to as the Vow. Okay. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry, So she's asked if she wants to join. Sarah says yes, and they have to go to a particular house in order to join for this secret sisterhood to empower women. Right. And presumably that's recruited out of Janus, the women's. Yeah. Business and organisation. I don't know that for sure, but presumably that's mostly where they, they recruit to this other. They sort of go, okay, now if you really... She talks about they're in the kitchen, I think. And she goes, Gee, I've got to tell you about this really amazing thing that really is going to... You know, I know Nexium's changing your life, but, but this, this is, is really going to change your life. So with five, four other women, they arrive at this house. And before you can join, Sam, there are some conditions. Okay. Because you're going to receive this amazing thing. You're mm-hmm. going to be part of this group. They want to make sure that you're really serious about it, that you're going to be really loyal to it, and that you're really committed. Right. So you have to give the master of the group. So each group has a master, who's a woman, right. and then six slaves. Oh. Six followers. Six obedient female companions. Okay. And you have to give your master, in order to join, some collateral on you. Oh. Which might include naked photographs of yourself or other compromising material, such as what I've written here, which I guess probably was a quote, uh, photos and videos uh, of you shit-talking about your close relationships, etc. Right. They'd want me to sit and slag my boyfriend off down a camera. Yeah, pretty much. And for, supposedly for Alison... Let's mention Alison Mack at this point. So Alison Mack, the actress. Yeah. Did you ever watch Smallville 
Sam? No, but I have. She's one of the people I have seen on the articles that I've scrolled past. Cool. So she played Superman's best friend Chloe in Smallville. Right. Not sure how much work she's done since Smallville. There's no people come and go in the industry. That's fine. She has joined. She joined because she wanted to ask Keith to make her a better actress. Okay. Sorry, we're going into a little cul-de-sac. We will come back to those five women arriving at a house with collateral in a minute. And he, there's a great interview of her interviewing him. And she's looking at him in the most starry-eyed, everything you say is profound. Mm-hmm. Even though he says things like, you know, mm, it's interesting that you asked that question, isn't it? Why do you think you phrased the question that way? And then she'll go, oh, you're right. I never thought about how I phrase questions before. It's that kind of thing. You can watch, there's loads of interviews with him and her that are, that are worth watching. Um, she joins partly because he's going to help her become a better actress. Okay. And he has an actor, again, all the records of this have now disappeared. He supposedly is running actor training. Mm-hmm. And there's a brilliant moment in this interview. So in disclosure, Sam is a trained professional actress. Yes, I am. So this is a pitch for an actor training method that you can join. He says, awesome. I think the really good thing about the actor training that I do is that I don't have any knowledge or experience of any existing actor training. And I think that really helps me come at it with a really good original insight because it's just about understanding oh, people and what I do is about understanding people. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in. Not going to sign up? No, no. But why would anyone sign up for anything when the instructor yeah. goes, I don't know anything about this, so come learn from... So she had joined and her collateral included... So um, Alison had signed up to this, allegedly. And in that particular case, her master was Keith. So she was his slave. And in the letter, which is part of the evidence, according to uh, FBI Special Agent Lever, uh, she sent an email to him with the subject Val 3. And in the letter attached, she used the terms slave and master to refer to her and Keith. It pledged her full, complete life to him. And it identified collateral to, to prove her commitment. Max Collateral was described as, one, a letter regarding Max's mother and father that would destroy their character. Okay. And with all of this Collateral stuff, we don't know whether the that's something true or whether it's you lie about somebody but put it in writing so that it... whatever. Yeah. Two, a contract that transferred custody of any children birthed by Mac to Rainier, Rainieri if Mac broke her commitment. Right. Allegedly a cult, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Three, a contract that transferred ownership of Mac's home to him if her commitment was broken. Right. And four, a letter addressed to social services alleging abuse to Mac's nephews. Oh. Which presumably isn't true, but, but. is what things that would destroy her life and the lives of people around her if she broke her commitment. She, and that so, is yeah. allegedly... But, but, um, sorry. I don't know how quite how to say it because it's in the presumably it's in the court documents, which is why it's being reported. Um, yeah, it, but it's a, it's like taking like a some sort of BDSM thing, which is which are obviously relationships based on massive amounts of trust, but they go t- two ways, don't they? Yeah, um, there is a bit of a Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Vibe to. But without this. an understanding of, I am not involved in the BDSM community, but I have you know. On that there's a Facebook group that I'm a member of where people are members of that community yeah. and it's 
it's a, it's based on trust and not based on threats. Yeah, and, and basic levels of, of respect and things. Like yeah, bastardization of that sort of thing. That's dominant submissive thing. So that's the kind of setup it appears allegedly women have to make to allegedly join this allegedly. secret group that allegedly is connected to Nexium. Right. We'll we'll do the disclaimers in a minute. So Sarah, as, as I understand it, it gave some collateral, but in that case, I think it was some naked photos and maybe something, I don't know, shit-talking her husband or right. something. Not Nothing as extreme as, as Alison Mack allegedly did. When they get to this house, there is their master, uh, allegedly Laura Salzman, and a female doctor who has a small cauterizing tool, oh. which is what you use to through heat, seal, wounds, and so on. As part of your initiation, you have to get a small tattoo. So you have to get naked with these other women in this room. And allegedly, you have to say, Master, please brand me. It would be an honour. And the other women will sort of support you through it, which in some of the accounts of this effectively means hold you down while you have your turn, while this doctor uses the cauterizing tool to carve a two-inch symbol near your pubic bone, down yeah. here. Surely you don't have to be naked for that. You could just pull your jeans down a little bit. Or, or I think, again, it's about total surrender vulnerability. and vulnerability. Presumably, it's allegedly there might be some kind of record of that event. And it takes about 20 or 30 minutes oh, I've just, oh, I've been to have this symbol, which is supposedly the emblem of the group. People have pointed out since and at the time that it looks suspiciously like a symbol that combines the letters K-R, Keith Raniere, and A-M, Alison Mack. Ah. Another doctor involved in this group uh, was accused of showing the women violent videos, including scenes of murder and dismemberment, and recording their reactions as part of their training and conditioning once they're in this group. Exactly. And there are penalties for your misbehaviour, including 500 calorie fast, or physical punishments, including paddle beatings of some kind. So Sarah gets into this, has this experience, and at that point goes, "This, yeah, this isn't for me. She leaves that, leaves Nexium, her husband leaves as well. Right, good, um, good for her. And they are, I, she, I believe she's amongst the first to, to blow the whistle. And she's great. She's been talking about, you know, for something that's incredibly personal and embarrassing and whatever, she's been quite big. And that was the big news explosion, I guess, about 12 months ago yeah. now, was her story coming out. Right. Um, I suppose in that situation, though, when you know they've got collateral, it must be best just to get ahead of it and say, this is what they've got on me. Keith's official position on that at the time was that, as he understood it, it had been a consensual thing. These women had organised. It wasn't in any way officially connected to Nexium. It was just something these women had organised to do. Uh, One of the women had supposedly been texting him about the brand and what it meant, and he's kind of coy about it, but going, yeah, it's interesting. We did think it was good that it had our initials. Right. So he he certainly knew about it in quite a sustained way. Yeah. Um, although, he, as I say, he alleges that it wasn't really anything officially to do with the organisation. So that caused quite a bit of scandal. Lots of members of the group left at that point when they heard about this secret group. Good. Some people tried to talk to him about it. There is a presumably piece of undercover leaked footage. Ooh. 
of Keith on YouTube where two of the women are going, oh, don't you see that this is, um, people are worried about this. And he's going, well, you know, I'm just a, a peaceful person. And it's, and, you know, it's again, you know, he's also said, I'm horrified that anything bad would happen in my group because I'm a believer in nonviolence. And in this video, he's sort of going, but, you know, I think the, the way that you've gone about confronting these concerns you have about the group so publicly and so opening openly is actually really harmful and that's really upsetting as well and i think you need to think about how your behavior is making things worse i wish i could play it for us now there's a bit it's if you want to check it out it's on uh, youtube the video title is nexium n-x-i-v-m founder keith ranieri r-a-n-i-e-r-e american cult leader and it's a clip of him sat on a couch with two women the way that he speaks to them and the way that he it looks like he's i would allege he's being slightly manipulative what's also amazing and this is again just my opinion is they treat you know he's supposed to be one of the greatest thinkers of our time it's all really banal stuff yeah he doesn't have you know in terms of a charismatic leader watch the videos of him it's not terribly charismatic and it's sort of like word salad right it's not very yeah even on its own terms it's not yeah. particularly exciting stuff so is he is i'm sorry to reduce it to this but is he like handsome is he do you want to see a picture have you not seen a yeah. picture i just haven't paid that much attention but i imagined that he would have been charismatic and winning but if he's obviously that that's not a reason to follow somebody but oh no, John's just showed me a picture and no, he is not handsome. I would say he looks like a, a hippie computer programmer. Yeah, or like like the guy who waits at the library and you're stood near him and you're like, oh, what are you waiting about? <laughs> that is a brilliant, brilliant description, Sam. Well done. But there must be something about him that makes these people, makes these intelligent people believe him. I think one of the early things in Nexium, and this sort of connects to the to Nancy and her NLP hypnosis background, is that quite often people had allegedly one-on-one talking technology sessions with him, okay. where he would talk to you and you would talk to him. And in some cases, people allege that they came out feeling really good, but having no memory of what had been discussed or what was going oh, so on. so he's just a really good talker. So I guess it's a bit like, a, yeah. A load of bullshit, then you, you and I guess certainly looking at the way, like when he's being interviewed by Alison and it's all about, well, what do you think? And I'm actually, ch- but you made that, you know, that kind of, it's almost like someone using the tools of therapy about, you know, re- being present, but not, you know, turning it all back to the other person and letting the other person yeah work it like out. It feels a bit, some sort of but without the skill and care of a, of a professional therapist right. or psychiatrist oh he really gets me he challenges me kind of vibe these allegations started coming out they've been widely reported vanity fair forbes vice there are lots of articles the new york times particularly and there have been a few articles early on going this group is a little bit strange yeah well if they were if they were found to be a cult in 2003 yeah it's so surprising that it took this long for it to. so he went to mexico (laughs) then four months later he was arrested Yay. There's video footage of that when they arrived to to arrest him in Mexico yeah. um, and extradite him. And as the authorities take him away, the women who are living in the compound with him, mm-hmm. including Alison Mack, all of whom are very skinny at this point, which may or may not be coincidence, mm-hmm. are chasing after the car and trying to get in the way and stop him being taken away. And he's been living quite often in these compounds with 
a large number of women. It's because men aren't meant to be monogamous. Mm. Allegedly, right. he has a, you know, a number of relationships with mm-hmm. these different women. And I think his girlfriends earlier on that have spoken out have often said at some point there was you know, a suggestion of... Which, not that there's anything wrong with that, but a sort of a polyamorous, open yeah. kind of multiple partners. That certainly... You, is, you can't no. decide that for someone else, can you? No, you absolutely not. And that is different when you are... When those relationships are with followers of a hierarchical organisation of which you yeah. are the principal founder. You know, the power dynamics of that are really intense. So um, so he was arrested, extradited to Texas. Um, he's arrested uh, for sex trafficking and forced labour and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. Which would be, so that would be moving people over state lines... Yeah. For the purposes of having sex with them. Well, and I suppose moving these women down to Mexico as well. That must yeah, happen. it's interesting because there's there is an element of this where, amongst these allegations, like you were talking about the BDSM thing, if that's a consensual arrangement and that's what they're into and that's the way that they're running it, then great, yeah. fine, cool. But at what point are there elements of that 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 crossover into exploitation and that crossover into legal legal issues? Yeah, it's quite confusing to think about. And all of this is related essentially to the to the allegations about this secret group within mm. Axiom. He, of course, denies those charges. Denies awareness of anything wrong going on in his with his initials literally organization. Can show that up to be not so alleged. Allegedly, sometime after that, Allison, who's believed to be sort of second in command within the whole organization, to him. Now she was also arrested. She was charged with using force, fraud and coercion to recruit and maintain DOS slaves and instructing those slaves to engage in sexual acts with Ranieri. So again, Um, allegedly part of being in these groups is that you're told you should probably have sex with Keith. I'm sure there must be something problematic about referring to a vast number of people as slaves as well. Yeah. Slavery is against the law. (laughs) So Yes. And again, that's interesting about the language of BDSM. Yeah. The possible sentences are something like 15 years to life. Okay. That could basically mean anything. She was released on a £5 million bond. Right. There were lots of sort of conditions around that, conversations about whether there would be plea negotiations or whether it would go to full trial. Interestingly, given that sex with Keith is a large part of this organisation, in the May court dates, in May of this year... She wouldn't look at or speak to Keith. Unsurprising. The trial is set to begin in October. Okay. My understanding is while she's been on bond, he is in prison. He hasn't. He's not free. They think he's too much of a flight risk. Well, rightly so. Um, he fled straight to Mexico. So presumably, they've been trying to get a similar bond for him. So there have been uh, further accusations, including accusations of underage girls being involved those are allegations they are strongly denied by by the team rob crockett who's the lawyer for nexium says that it's not a cult and in this interview here's a hilarious moment so i'm just reporting what he said it's not a cult he says it's not a cult it's nothing like scientology not that there's anything wrong with scientology (laughs) okay that was his Quote, which I'm just reporting. Scientology are famously, allegedly not a cult. Exactly. So, which is why we don't ever speak about them or make reference to them. No. No. Nope. <laughs> 
Alison had done an interview with the New York Times magazine before she was arrested. It's only come out since she's been arrested and unable to comment. During that, she says that the brands were her idea. Still and doesn't she, make them right, mate. Yep. Um, and she really thought that it was, you know, it was about badass warrior bitches and staying strong together. Um, and really, you know, she views it through an empowerment thing. One of the people she allegedly... Oh, no, no. She said in this interview that she had reached out and tried to recruit other actresses, including Emma Watson. Okay. I want to make it clear that Emma Watson has not joined. There is no evidence that Emma has in any way been involved. But she was actively trying to recruit other women specifically to this secretive group. To brand them with her initials. So the, the thing that they said before about women embracing being a victim just because you think that it doesn't mean that women can do whatever they want and it means that they're just victims it's it doesn't excuse all your bullshit alison the nexium website had a statement up and their statement about the situation was this it is with deep sadness that we inform you we are suspending all nexium esp enrollment curriculum and events until further notice while we are disappointed with the interruption of our operations we believe it is warranted by the extraordinary circumstances facing the company at this time. We continue to believe in the value and importance of our work and look forward to resuming our efforts when these allegations are resolved. His lawyers... Oh, there we go. Her file papers seeking his release on a £10 million bond Pounds for someone who doesn't have a bank account. Right. £10 million. Must have a really big hollow mattress. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine so. So his lawyers um, have said it seems like their line of defense at the moment is that the US government, you know, compared to other cult groups that we know about in America, are trying to curb the freedom of people to have beliefs and join groups. So um, their quote, uh, through this case, the US government seeks to curtail the ways in which independent, smart, curious adults may legally search for happiness, fulfilment, and meaning. And they accuse the government of being the morality police. And that it's, I think it looks like their position is effectively, it's all consensual, yeah. it's all fine. The government is overstepping its reach for a, you know independent people doing what they want to do. But apart from until it's not fine, if someone revokes consent at any point, it becomes something that's not consensual. Yeah. Like this Sarah lady. She revokes her consent into being part of this. So no, that's wrong there. So now we wait until October to see if this group, which many people allege is a cult, yeah, to see what what happens and whether other whether other allegations come out. But certainly, check back in November for Nexium Part Two. Yeah, there's so much, so much information, and it's just yeah, particularly the description of when these women are being branded is is horrific. So here's a, a quick quote just to from, bring us down from Sarah from Vice. Then Dr. Roberts came in who I also knew from Nexium. we took turns holding one another down. Three would be on them, and the fourth would be filming. This is all on camera somewhere. Oh. The first woman lay on the table, and then the other women and I were sitting on her, holding her legs down. With the first cut of her flesh, they burned her flesh. We were crying. We were shaking. We were holding one another. It was horrific. It was like a bad horror movie. We even had these surgical masks on because the smell of flesh was so strong. I was petrified. I felt every part of my body was like, get me out of here, get me out of here to oh, the next bit. And, but she quite interestingly talks about joining the group and then getting to that point and how 
you know, how you end up there. So she says, the best metaphor I can use to explain it is the frog and the boiling pot of water. If Lauren had said to me, hey, do you want to join this group? You're going to have Keith's initials burned into your crotch. Of course, I would have said, you're crazy. Get yourself to a psychologist. But it didn't happen that way. It happened in very incremental stages with more and more commitment and more on the line and more coercion and blackmail. A lot of people say you could just run out, you could leave. I didn't feel like that was an option. That's the thing that a lot of like, like deprogrammer people say. Deprogrammers being people who you know rescue in quotes people from groups like this, is that they the groups are smart and you think oh I'll just go along to one meeting because it'll be fun, but they're there to to trick you and they've done it before to people that are smarter than you, and you know everyone is susceptible. No, no one is safe. But everyone is susceptible yeah. to something like that, which is scary. Yes, and yeah, like with other groups, the more you're involved and the more money you've put in and the more... Oh, it's so it's um, much creepier listening to one that's happening now, whereas, you know, other groups that we've, we've learnt about happened kind of 20, 30 more years ago. So that, up to this point, is the alleged cult, Nexium. Wow, thank you very much, John. That, that was, yeah, so it fits all our boxes as the forensic psychologist went through... It sounds like it if, you know, even a little bit of those things are true. Yeah. There's some definite red flags there. But then there's, the way they're trying to get around it is by saying, oh, it was all consensual. All of these groups start off consensual, don't they? There's nothing Yes, there's and, nothing special about that. Yeah, and how much you can give consent when you're possibly being deliberately manipulated. Exactly. Or the conditions in which you're giving consent are... You're giving consent under duress. Yeah, whether you're aware of that or not, or yeah. or even whether it's intentional or not. It's like, how well can you give consent if you've just been in a 13-hour thing that you've mm. paid this much money for? And and if, you, yeah. if you've willingly given someone a naked photograph of yourself, is your, and then they you know they're going to use that over you, does that then really become consent for the actions you do while they've got that collateral on you? Probably yeah. not. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating as well as a group that isn't explicitly religious yeah although it sounds like once you get into it there's bits of spiritual stuff about reincarnation and how important keith is and whatever but explicitly it's 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 a cultic group that is a a, you know a business and empowerment yeah this broke our streak of the leader beginning believing they were jesus as far as we know we'll see if that comes out in the court document yeah it is our first non-jesus of the of the series yeah, so that is allegedly Nexium the cult. And yeah, I think you're right, Sam. I think we'll do an update because undoubtedly more things will come out at trial. Yeah, I'm really excited that now I can read all the articles. Now I've yeah. this. Now we've there are, there are so many. I've probably, apologies if anyone knows more about this than I do, because I probably only scratched the surface of all the, all the stuff. But I think, and I don't have all of their names now in front of me, but these incredible women who have now come out and gone, this is what happened to me. Yeah. This is why I was involved. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, and that yeah, some of them are doing endless interviews about it and being really open about what must be an incredible, if if true, an incredibly traumatic experience. Wow. So there we go. End on a nice high note of incredibly traumatic experience. Well, they've been arrested, and if presumably if it's true and there's enough evidence, then they'll be appropriately dealt with. It certainly looks like Nexium as an organisation is suspended on all fronts, and I would imagine it will be hard to bounce back from that, even Mm. if you know, even if he's found not guilty let's hope not hey yeah allegedly if if those things are true yeah (laughs) 
We definitely uh, need a lawyer in the room, don't we? No, bring us down. We like casting spurious allegations. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Ha- we don't. We don't. Just to be clear. No. Yes. Um. I. Yeah. I encourage you if you want to find out more. There are lots of those those articles um, at Vice and Rolling Stone and Forbes and the New York Times. There's also for just the moment go on the Daily Mail. Just avoid if it's written by them. Just don't go on it. Yeah. Just don't. Just trust me that I've read that it was reported there. And yeah, watch the the YouTube videos of him oh, yeah. talking. Even if it's official material, it's really interesting to watch the way that he talks and the way that people react to him. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. Well, thank you all very much for listening. If you're still with us, I hope you are. Thank you. Um, if you like what we do, please uh, subscribe and rate us. And if you can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts, that would be great. You can find us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash coffee and cults. And both on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Coffee and Cults. Please do follow us and like us there. There'll be some photographs of uh, us enjoying ourselves. Um, we normally, Sam, have an element of us taking part in an activity from that group. We've been eating toast quietly. I need, we need to put those photos up. Yeah. Uh, looking at a sword in awe. Um, a brilliant one of us in a blonde wig to look like we were in the family. Yeah. I'm not sure that we can do that for this episode. Um. How about, shall I shall I brand my initials on you, John? How would you feel about that? I just well, funny you say that. I do have this uh, this compass and lighter here, <laughs> just as a flashback to school days. Yeah. So um, you'll we'll find out how successful that is if photos go up. Um, but that's the kind of quality content you can enjoy on there. Um, if you have thoughts about our show, we'd love to hear them. Please do. Uh, you can email us at coffeeandcults at gmail dot com or talk to us on any of our social media platforms yes. um and if we will a group you'd like to hear us talk about please uh send us in those ideas because i haven't decided who i will be researching for our next episode oh there you go get that information in so quick anyone you want let us know and as a, a really far off trailer the episode after that i do know who i'll be talking about Ooh. and i'm just going to say the phrase victorian sex cult that sounds like just the kind of thing I want to hear about. So keep listening. <laughs> Do say hello to us. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, if anyone wants their initials branded on you, just say no. Kids. Unless you want to. Unless you really want to. It's up to you. Remember, it's up to you. Isn't that a like primary school hymn? It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up. Bye. Bye. <laughs>